Hello, hello, and welcome to Somehow I Dad, the podcast about dad life. That's right, this is episode 13, which blows my mind. Joining us today from the great state of Washington, TJ Weaver. What's going on, everybody? And right next door, we have Sir Alexander Minton. Title and all, happy to be here. And joining us today as a guest on the podcast, we've got my best friend and brother, uh, Sir Chaos Cam. Hey, what's poppin'? Glad to hey. be here. Uh, Cam, thanks for joining us today. Um, I know you are traditionally not a guest we would normally have on the show because you are not a dad yet. As far as I know. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're just happy to have you on. Um, how's your guys' week's been? You guys doing good? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, the the last couple of weeks, I mean, let's call it week and a half, have been, if I'm going to be honest, real rough. Um, not necessarily like home life related stuff or church related stuff, but my day job really, really got after it for for about a week and a half. It sure did. It sure did. So um, it it was an emotional roller coaster. You know, I I have a team of about 20 folks and just dealing with some uh we'll call it benefits transitions uh to protect myself from my company later um <laughs> benefits transitions on some things that we give our our team um it, it was really rough so uh, a couple of nights i didn't sleep at all and but we're here and uh you know god does provide he does take care of us even even in the little stuff the business stuff whatever it is right like uh you know, my wife and I were praying and, and fasting for this situation that I, you know, ultimately had a conversation uh, this morning with the CEO of our company and uh, it it worked itself out. So it's been a rough couple of weeks, but this morning was kind of that that salvation moment, I guess. Um, nice. And it was it was really good. So I'm, I'm in a good spot today. If you would have asked this to me last Monday, not in a good spot. So. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, man, you've had to make some some tough decisions and yeah. some tough tough stuff. So I'm glad to, glad to hear that you're finally like on the other side of it and kind of see the see the light on the other side of the tunnel. Yes, sir. <sighs> Working the fake job has been stressful lately. Um, Shut your mouth. No, no, no. Literally, so the <laughs> there are two owners to my company. One is like the financial side, and one is like the the technical side. Like the guy yeah. who built the company, but he did it with the money of the other person. Um, For sure. So the field guy had a stroke uh, like oh, two weeks ago. And on so that has added a certain level of s- not stress necessarily, but an opportunity to go above and beyond what my normal workload would be. In terms yeah. of like, normally I'm a field guy. Like I write my basic reports. I go to the customers' places and take care of it. But now it's like it 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 took went up like six notches to where I actually have to have a job, which is weird. Yeah. And then <laughs> uh, one of me and Alex's friends uh, decided that he wanted to renovate his house. And I'm helping him with that. But it's one of those, like, as a homeowner, no project ever goes according to plan. 
Never. And I feel like this is his first real house project, and he's starting to see this, and he has a deadline in mind. Gotcha. And <clears throat> in LOL. Exactly. Uh, but <laughs> so there was a moment, because there's a difference. Like, I helped Alex do his floors in his house, and we did it together. He wanted to learn how to do it. He wanted to be there through it. We worked through it. We knocked it out. To make the deadline of this other friend's uh, stuff, I'm realizing that I am now pretty much a contractor. I need to just (laughs) get it done. I can't wait for him to get home from work. At this point, I'm not teaching him anything. I just need to get it done. Which adds... Which goes from like, I'm just doing the homie hookup to I got to get this done. It, in my brain, it yeah. flips mm. over to I got to do this and get it done. Yeah. So, yeah. the you know, like the honey, uh, I, I told them, I was just like, yeah, you know, like a Saturday, I'll swing through, I'll help him get started. He'll take care of the rest. That was a freaking lie. And I hate it <laughs> because now I'm just like, okay, now I'm going to be there. I'm going to get it done and I don't care. I just want it done because I'm already like three days past what I expected to be doing. And yeah, it's not necessarily stressful, but that on top of like my work obligations is like starting to get to that. Like, I just want to hang out with my wife and kids. And, yeah. uh, but I also want to be a good friend because I, I mean, yeah, and it, it just it hit at this weird like I have to do more for work, but now I've got to help a friend. So and I, I pride I try to pride myself on being there for the people that rely on me. So if I offered help, I'm gonna provide the help. Yeah, for sure. So it's one of those where like I don't want to do this, but I'm gonna do it <laughs> because it's the right yeah. thing to do. But I also want to be with my wife and kids. Mm. Yeah, and. Just been, it's been nuts. And, you know, it, we're hitting holiday season with church stuff. So all of a sudden that starts ramping up. We're going to start having like Christmas event, Christmas concert prep. Yeah. And <laughs> I will say the greatest moment of my life. Yeah. The greatest moment of my life happened on Sunday where we had like the worship pastor. And, okay. That's bad. That's not the greatest moment <laughs> of my life. A very good moment of my life was to have my. I was like, isn't he married with exactly? Kids? Yeah, I, I know. I realized this topped this topped marriage. <laughs> wow, this, this, topped, this topped all four kids. <laughs> yeah, this is gonna be God. First like. born, second born, third born, fourth born. No, it was oh, a moment. <laughs> there was uh, my worship. We so we host game night for our, like our worship team and production team at our house monthly. Yeah, because for us. Um, having come from a church where we didn't feel ev- really honestly more than a tool that was used on a Sunday. Um, mm. It feels we wanted to create or in, uh, encourage a culture of true relationship between people who serve together. Yeah. So we host a game night where we That's just good. open our house. We play like Uno or Spoons or something, something fun where like you're, it's not the church location it's not this is a service opportunity this is just the opportunity to build relationship with these people so you are there's no obligation to do anything exactly but uh so that sunday was the sunday of our anniversary so i took it off because the friday that was our anniversary i served in young adults because they were like we need you i was like 
uh, well, it's my anniversary. Oh, no, 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 not my anniversary. It's my wife's birthday. It's my wife's birthday, and I'm going to be at church serving, which yeah. is not ideal. Um, well, so, I'm it, exactly. So <laughs> on that Friday, I served, and then Sunday or Saturday, we had something going on with family. So I was like, Sunday, I'm taking off church. I'm not going to serve on Sunday. I'm going to hang out with the family and be with my wife. But my worship pastor and his wife came over and they sat down on the couch and we're just talking. And my worship leader looks at me and goes, I missed you today. The team is not the same without you. And I was just like, (laughs) that takes the cake. And that, not the greatest moment of my life, but up there. Because I am a worship pastor. Well, yeah, don't you touch of, my heart like that, LeJohn. <laughs> so I, I am a words of affirmation in terms of how I feel loved. So, yeah. But I also am one of those people that I hear words of affirmation. I don't believe them. But it, it's a weird <laughs> dichotomy that I don't care for. But it's uh, that was like, I appreciate being appreciated for the work and the. Yeah. The. Uh, for sure. The heart that I put into it. Because, I mean, you're a drummer, you're a musician, you prep. Yeah. And then on top of that, an MD preps even more because I got to know everybody's yeah. stuff. And uh, it's just... I had I had a moment like that this past, past week because I got... Um, it was my birthday and our worship pastor got me a gift and got me a card. And inside the card, <clears throat> he's just talking about how much, how much I mean to the team and, Mm. you know, like couldn't, couldn't imagine the team without me and just moments like that where it's like, all right, it's good to know that I feel loved and people appreciate me on this team. Especially when you commit so much of yourself, because there's, there's the difference between just the volunteer and the person who cares deeply. Yeah. Mm. Like Alex could just go in and preach but he cares deeply about his ministry and there's a, it's just a level and just the little encouraging word that you are noticed goes such a long way. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I'm excited. I'm actually taking, I'm going to take this, I'm taking Christmas off this year, um, which is the first Christmas that I can remember in a long time Mm. that I'm taking off because Kate's birthday is Christmas Eve. So it'll be nice to, that's awesome. Um, I'm always late yeah. to Christmas Eve family get togethers because it's a Christmas Eve service. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And that is like yeah. the single biggest thing in the, 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 the Alex side of the family. Christmas Eve is precious to them. Yeah. yeah. And I literally roll in post service, just like, hi guys, I love you. I'm going to go die on this couch over here. <laughs> for real. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dude, that's me every time. Every like family gathering, like after Christmas or like, I don't need to Any, speak. any <laughs> like any church service, yeah. I'm like, I need to just go lay in a corner and sleep. Easter's yeah, worse, though. Not not only am I like physically tired, but I'm emotionally tired, like drained yeah, from like. Because you've committed so hard. To, I yeah. don't know how many services yeah. you have on a Sunday. How many? I mean, for for like Easter and Christmas, we'll, in like a weekend, oh. we usually do like seven or eight services. Yeah. Okay, we're not at that level, Stupid. but Easter we're, is yeah, three or four. four. Yeah. Dude, yeah. you know why Easter is worse? It's because 
you're in you're in like family vacation mode post Easter service, but the world isn't. Now Christmas, the whole entire world is with you. Like, hey, just chill out. Like, yeah. <laughs> let's just be around family. I get done after Easter service, and I'm like, don't y'all just want to like shut up and just be quiet and just like. <laughs> <laughs> just like be in each other's presence and silence and eat food and they're like no like let's, let's go on an easter egg like, hunt and you're like I just want to go in that corner over there and cry <laughs> but I will say like, y'all go do that I will say easter services as like a worship from a worship team side of it by like fourth service we are having the most fun we've ever had because we oh just, yeah the last the last service we're, we're just so having tired fun. Yeah, We've right. all been around each other for more than we would ever be, and we're just like, <laughs> like as bad as it sounds, we like start experimenting by the end of Easter oh, Sunday. Yeah. We're like, have you considered a drum break right here? Because I'm feeling a it's, drum it's break. It's true, dude. <laughs> dude, I'll I'll turn to our bassist and be like, dude, I think you should solo here. <laughs> exactly. Like, <laughs> like, like you can tell Mark RMD. I told I told him it's okay. The guitarist can hold off. I think I think a bass solo right here. It's silent night. What's gonna hit? Silent night. <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, just just rip it, dude. Straight kill. Also, well, also Easter week, you've got Good Friday, you've got Ash Wednesday. Yeah. Like it's it's yeah. a production. That week is just yeah. all church all week. Yeah. But yeah. it's so much fun. Like, yeah, literally last service on Easter is probably one of the most fun services of the year. We're like, Yeah, let's have fun, boys. We're all punchy. We've been yeah. up since like five in the morning. We're just like, yeah. I see you, I'm laughing on stage. Don't mind me. Yeah. <laughs> The, the bass solo on a good bass solo is everything. Bass solo on Silent true. Night Cam. All I hear is freaking Andy from the office going like <laughs> yeah, dude, it's freaking ripping, dude. Oh, I don't know how we got on this church topic for forever, but um, glad we did. Gabriel, yeah, how's but, your week? How's the? Yeah, how's uh, it's it's good. Little baby Ed is doing good. Um, he is. He'll be seven months next week. Just crazy. crazy, insane. I was thinking the other day, like how your your whole life until you have a kid, you're like just itching for time to go faster, like waiting for the next thing and like look like highly anticipating the next season of life. Like it was like everything was just like, I don't want to be where I'm at now. I'm looking for looking forward to the next thing. And then you have a kid and you're like, you just suddenly go from like wishing time would like speed up to like, holy crap, how can I slow all this down? Like, mm. um, He's just growing up so fast and getting heavy to hold all the time. And, um, but yeah, life's good, man. We're just, we're chilling. Um, just got done with a pretty busy week of work. We have like another pretty much towards the end of December or November. Once we start December is when we kind of hit our slow season. So just looking forward to, Sometime at home uh, during the week a little bit and kind of not having to work as much as we did the past few months because work's just been insane. So um, ready to be ready to be home, ready to be 
um, involved with home life more and see if I can do stuff at church more. I know we're we're working on writing an album um, and hopefully recording it in five months. So um, got a lot of work to do. So a lot of extra time at church to track stuff. Yeah, yeah. Looking forward to it, um, but it'll just be it'll be some it'll be much needed time to like kind of flex that creative muscle and. So I'm excited. Is Kate done with all her school stuff? No. So she has a year and a half left and then she'll have her master's. Um, Then you can be a beautiful stay-at-home dad. Dude, I wish. If she made made bank, I would be... The most beautiful maid. Dude, I... For me too, bro. I'm wishing that for me. I'm going to pray that over over right now. Yeah. Yeah. Pray that over you right now. Like I want to see yeah, dude, some lingerie. <clears throat> dude, I'll I'll clean the house or whatever outfit. On gang, bro. I whatever would, I'm really Lord. happy you went there because I thought it, and I was like, I'm not gonna say it. <laughs> is gonna be, just this Garrett is gonna be the sexiest boy. French maid you have ever seen. Alex, you're rocking just the apron when she comes on. No, exactly. Yeah, dude. I hate apron the chest too. But yep. yeah. Just me in an apron. Looks, oh, looks like he's know. wearing a t-shirt. That's his chest hair. <laughs> I, I, apologize. I, it's his chest hair. I just have to apologize to my dad, who is probably listening to this. Um, he's <laughs> just not going to love where this conversation went. You can edit it out. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, I will not edit it out. No, no. Honestly, <laughs> I, I, it's funny you say that, because I think the same thing often, where I'm like, I would almost kill to just be able to stay at home with the kids all day. Mm, You know, because I mean, it's a lot better now than it used to be where like Em and I were both working full time away from the house. And those, those moments you miss with the kids, like almost haunt you. Like, Mm. yeah, especially like I, I leave for work usually before he gets up by the time I get home. Or I maybe have like two hours with him, yeah, and then we put him to bed. Exactly. So. Yeah, and mul- yeah, multiply that by four, and you you yeah. start missing moments, and you're like, Em and I had this talk like maybe a couple weeks ago, where we're like, we are so thrilled that we are in careers and jobs that allow us to see the kids more. Yeah, because you're not. Yeah, you guys got it made. You're not missing those moments where. I mean, it's just the stupid thing. And I, I don't mean it stupidly, but um, yeah, just, no, I just the little, the, the run in of one of my daughters going, Hey, I love you, dad. Like those moments yeah. or Luke yeah. bringing me a, something he colored at school. And he's just like, Hey, I drew this for you. Or because yeah. it just came from veterans day. And I, he wrote a, literally a letter to me and my dad saying, thank you for your service and making, oh my helping gosh. my country to uh, helping the country to be a place that I can grow up. And it, like that's so that sweet. hit me in the feels and I was like, Oh my yeah. gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cam, how's your week been? Oh my gosh, dude. <laughs> I, uh, I slept for a very long time today. I'm off today and technically I'm off tomorrow. We just got done with, uh, our youth and young adult conference. Um, it's a two day event. Uh, we had Pastor Chris Durso come out and open it for us, um, and it was just a phenomenal, exhausting, <laughs> tiring 
week. Yeah. Um, they, you know, know how crazy it was. <laughs> These dudes then put me up on the speaking lineup for a Saturday morning session. I'm not even alive until <laughs> at least noon. <laughs> like, 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 but all that to say, it was phenomenal, man. Guy did his thing. Yeah. People got saved. Uh, it was it was awesome. We, uh, you know, we spent months and weeks preparing for it. And, you know, when I got done, I was just tired as, you know, as you are after you do anything crazy, you know. So um, I, apparently my wife told me I went to sleep at 10 p.m. I woke up at 3 a.m. to go to the bed. I didn't even go to sleep. I didn't make it to the bed. I went, <laughs> and then at 3 a.m. I went to bed and then I slept from 3 a.m. to noon. Yeah, and started my day at noon. It was crazy, but um, I'm I'm doing good now after that slumber. Um, feeling good, you know. Getting ready for what's next, you know. It's been a, a crazy week, but you know, just kind of rebounding and getting after it. That's real talk, real talk. Church conferences, mm-hmm. like normally, because I'm one of the main guitarists at my church. Um. It's uh, like I'll play for like youth conferences and events and youth conference mm-hmm. and youth camp. Like I love it because now that I've reached an age where I'm old and very disconnected mm-hmm. from the youth to see young people chasing after God is like, it's one of the biggest like pick me ups. But at the same time, yeah. by the end oh, of yeah. that week, I'm like, I've played four nights <clears throat> at a campground that is yeah. like two hours from my house and I've driven there uh-huh. and then driven back every night. And yeah. I kind of like, I want to just sleep, but I mean, it's conferences are huge and it, yeah, it's, it's, it gets you. Yeah. It's always a cool moment. I don't know about you guys, but it's cool um, to be in the position of like, that's that's where I found Jesus was at youth camp and at in in middle school and it's always just like cool to have those moments where you're <clears throat> on stage leading worship and you see some kid that looks completely lost and like they have no idea mm. what's going on and you're like that was me like yeah I was the kid that was confused why people were raising their hands and yeah and then a few months later I'm the the kid that's moshing. Mm-hmm. Like in the in the front, and it's just it's a cool moment to like be full circle. Yeah, and be like if I were to tell my sixth grade self, like, yeah, you're gonna be on that stage someday, like helping mm. get to lead worship. That that sixth graders are gonna find Jesus, or middle schoolers and high schoolers. It's like, dude, like this is mind blowing. It's cool. It's cool to be to have that mm-hmm. that ability to to have those opportunities and yeah. Yeah. to well, pour yeah. into the moments that have been life-changing for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I think, you know, and I think, Cam, you can relate as, you know, I'm not a musician. I don't know if you are, but um, the speaker position and all that, where it's like, not only do you get to have that experience, right? Where it's like, mm-hmm. this, this is the moment where I've had a enormous transition where God has spoken mm-hmm. to me in these amazing ways. But also, like, now I am the facilitator of making that connection for somebody else. Like, the, the weight, like, I, I spoke at our youth camp this year, and I walked into the room, and I'm like, wow. Like, I, I was at that altar, you know, 15 years ago. Yeah. 
on my knees and God spoke a word to me about this moment where I'm speaking now to them and, and getting to see the impact that God is going in them. Like I'm the facilitator and, and that weight is on my shoulders and, and you deliver the message that God has given to you. And then that high afterwards, like for me, every young adults, we, we, when we have our services, like I don't sleep. Like I just don't sleep. I'll be up until three, four o'clock in the morning. Cause I can't sleep. Like I've got that speakers high in a sense. Where it's like, yep. like I'm just not going to bed. Like I'm just doing stuff, whatever, writing stuff down. Also just dinking around. Cause I can't go to sleep, mm-hmm. but it's, it's wild. As a non-musician, like I don't understand the, you know, TJ's role or Garrett's role. But like for me as a speaker, it's like, man, I, I got the burden of, presenting God's word to these people, whomever it is. Mm-hmm. And then coming off yeah. of that, and I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm, re- I'm lighter, right? Because you have that man yeah. on your shoulders, and then it comes off. And then mm-hmm. you get to see the interaction of the Holy Spirit and him just like wreck shop on some folks. Yeah. <laughs> and then afterwards, you're like, okay, I did that. It's humbling. Yeah, it's humbling. Yeah, humbling is probably the best. It's so humbling. Yeah. Because it's... This is not where even like, you know, I had because I have content planned for us to talk about and this kind of goes into it, but a little different. I feel like y'all could talk about this aspect in a whole nother podcast. But like, you know, it's humbling because it's like you see the younger version of yourself in every moment you walk into. And um, there's moments where, you know, like like this past week, I asked myself, I'm like, you know, when did it get so difficult? When did it get so hard to pursue me? And I think that's like God talking to me, you know, yeah. in those moments. As you're, even as you guys are fathers, you're probably having this moments now where you're watching your kids bass in the, the, the bliss of the environment that you provide for them. And it's just so simple. They, they simply need to reach their hands up and for what it feels like to them, they're miles off the ground in the arms of their father. They simply need to wine and food is in front of them they simply need to you know what i'm saying like yeah. there's this like reaction response and I, I look at these you know these kids like when they're worshiping when you're facilitating that that moment you know in the message part and you're like a bunch of times i feel like i was telling me it's like dude like like remember when you were like that yeah like it was just like as simple as that like you're just at the altar simple as that boom you know um it's crazy you know it's crazy i'm that's just a thought that's not even what we're, <laughs> we're going to talk about. But that's, when you started saying that, I was like, yeah, bro, it's, it's humbling. Like yeah. listening to you guys talk about that. I'm like, dang, like well, it, it was simpler. Yeah, no, I know. I know. I've Garrett and I've talked about it before that one of my greatest thing or greatest moments in parenthood is like prepping for a worship service and just like, I'm blasting the songs in my office and my kids come in and are praising and dancing like mm. that that you read the verse about like childlike faith and like my kids don't fully understand who God is or what he can be for mm-hmm. them, but they know they love him and they know that yeah. God loves Man, them. They've got, they've got the joy of the Lord. on Exactly. Lockdown. Exactly. <laughs> like, and they're dude, like watching that's what literally like watching your kids worship is like one of my favorite things. They're not even my real. kids. Like, <laughs> but it's one of they, those. They like, have no, they have no idea who I am, but man, I, I love watching them worship like it, in your office. It puts and, it into perspective for me. Like, 
Yeah. Because in my mind, as a musician and all like a band director and all that stuff, is I and I I actually I had this talk with my worship leader like a week ago. It's like I'm looking forward to the days that the opportunity where a team grows and I get to spend a time just worshiping God off my instrument. Because Mm. a normal Sunday is not that for me. It is a it's I mean, I say it and I don't mean mean it meanly, but I think about it like being my position is a job. Mm. And, and I spend a lot more time in the how are we achieving success versus mm. the the moments of worship. Because I, yeah. you know, as a band director, I gotta look at the worship leader, I gotta see what they're signaling, I gotta listen to everybody, mm. make sure that we're not getting off track. I gotta make sure that yeah. I'm playing the right notes. And but Sunday was a beautiful moment where I had the opportunity to just like I kind of lost myself worship and I was like, that is exactly what I needed. Yeah. Mm. We oh. always try to tell our we always try to tell our team like if you if you have an encounter with God that's like gonna take you off your instrument, like mm-hmm have that moment like absolutely like, like if like if we don't have a if we don't have a lead line for whatever song because you're having a moment like and don't but and and don't take that as like a don't abuse it don't abuse it like don't <laughs> don't not play your part god told like, me not to practice this part <laughs> god told but god told me as wild <laughs> yeah but so I, Oh, I was, I was just going to ask, like, because we have two, basically two of each, right? We have two musicians and two pastors, like yeah. to, to kind of pivot this towards the, the topic of conversation of dad, um, yeah. for, for Garrett, you and TJ, how do you guys incorporate your children into your ministry? And then Cam you know, kind of a pivot question to you. How do you envision incorporating your future children into your ministry? Mm. I think, I think for me right now, um, it's, it's kind of hard to incorporate him cause he's so little. Um, but we usually have like, Zeke and I have like two days a week where, we, um, it's just like me and him where Kate has gone off to her field work for school. Um, and I've got him for like a, a little bit before I drop him off at my in-laws to watch him for the day. Mm-hmm. And, um, one of my favorite things is we'll just throw on some YouTube, like worship songs and we'll just, I'll just hold him and we'll just dance in the living room and sing and, and worship. Um, and then one of my 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 absolute favorite thing right now is on the weeks where I don't have to play. Um, mm. I'm usually like in the front row, just like holding him in worship. Um, and he loves the lights right now. Like we bring him in there, and he's just like wide eyed the whole time, just like mm. staring at all the lights. Yeah. Um, but that's like, I feel like that's kind of like the extent of what we can do right now. Yep. Um, is just, we just, we, we, we put him in the environment and every time I just pray like, God, I know that he has no understanding of what's happening right him, right happening right now. But mm. I just pray that like your love would like, like he would feel something different in the atmosphere and mm-hmm. he would like, even in his little seven, month, seven month old, there is something yeah, like about different about this place. 
Yeah, you know? and there's I just want him to be able to know that like there's something different about the atmosphere when we come here. There's something different, like something shifts when we something in the atmosphere that we're in shifts when we mm. when we start to worship and um I just want him to to have that feeling mm-hmm. um and to grow up with the memories of being in church and being in those moments with Kate and I and um that's kind of like where we're at now is just praying that you know that it would still affect him and that it would still um that he would be able to carry it with him, mm. even though he may not. He's he'll not, he never. He's not he'll never have. remember these moments, but that they'll, no. they'll set something in his spirit. Exactly. Mm. Yeah, and I, I think the thing that we I've heard first from the Belonging Co. Um, is there's no such thing as a junior Holy Spirit. One hundred percent. So we're just like constantly praying, like man, if Holy Spirit wants to talk to him, he's going to talk to him. And Absolutely. Like so. We're just constantly praying that like the environments that we set him up in would help him succeed in that area. And so that's kind of where where my ministry with him is right now. For me, finishing out the musicians in this group, um, it was more the realization that my worship prep time can be time that my kids can worship. Because early mm-hmm. on prep, I was like, kids get out of the office. Oh, dad's working. Mm-hmm. And realizing that yeah, the kids might be screaming, yelling, dancing, jumping up and down, <laughs> but who am I to steal that moment from them because I'm too busy with my things? Yeah. Um, I do miss the days, kind of. I, I mean, I do and I don't. I miss the days where M was singing too on the team and we would roll in as our family at our old church and there'd be six of us, or not six of us at that time. It was four of us. And the kids grew up Sunday mornings at church, whether they're sitting in the back of the room on their tablets or whatever, but they mm-hmm. are seeing mom and dad worship. And yeah. um, so I, as a person, as a musician, I feel like most of my closest times with God have either been on stage or in worship times. Um is when I feel like I am more able to check out my brain and just listen with my spirit. And um, I love that all four of my kids go crazy on worship songs. And then the opportunity to, if they've learned the words to like, same God is one of their favorites and another in the fire are like their two favorite worship songs in Egypt. And ha- taking the opportunity not just to let them sing it, but to talk about the stories in the Bible that go along with those. Like, especially, yeah. like, Another in the Fire was one of the few, the ones that I, like, sat down with them. And I was like, that's, I just took the opportunity to talk, about, talk to them about how God's with you in yeah. every st- every path that you're in. And, um, I'm, I'm, I know yeah. they're my oldest is only he's turning nine in February, but those little kernels of spiritual or biblical um, opportunities for them to like kind of grasp onto that with that childlike mm-hmm. faith, with that childlike joy is hugely important to me. And it's, it, it was one of those like, 
I felt convicted when I was like, kids get out of the office. Because who am I yeah, to steal? Who am I to steal the opportunity of their worship from mm-hmm. them? Yeah. And, yeah. and in that moment, am I being a, a, a potential stumbling block for them? Yeah. Like it, it's just mm-hmm. a hit. It's like those weird dad perspectives where you get in, you're like, oh God, why are you like picking on me right now? I just want to, yeah, like, I want to prep for your service. Let me prep yeah. for your service. <laughs> it's like you, you, you have that moment where you think like, man, my kids are going to think back about these moments and like, they're going to think, oh yeah, when dad was working, <laughs> when dad was working for church, he didn't want to be with us. Exactly. Like, and that's not, that's not exactly. what the message and then that's not the, exactly. the memories you want them to and have. That was one of those um, convicted eating. moments. Exactly. Where yeah. I was just like, you know, screw it. The kids are going to be in here jumping, laughing, giggling. Levi's doing yeah. his air guitar, which makes me laugh every <laughs> single time because he d- yeah. he doesn't understand guitar, but somehow it ends up like yeah. right here every time. Oh, and yeah. he's doing every it every time. And it makes me smile yeah. now. But yeah, that's legendary. It, it is. Yeah. That. I think, I think what boils it down for, for, for Kate and I, what we've talked about is like, when Zeke is older and able to like comprehend church and whatnot, um, our goal is to make church our kids' ministry, not just ours, and have them have ownership as well. Um, we've I feel like the biggest thing that we've talked about is having church be church is about contribution more than consumption. Mm-hmm. And like we don't want them to just show up and consume and then leave. Like no, like church is about contributing and, and helping out and, and serving. And so that's, <clears throat> that's kind of where we're at. Yeah. What about you, Alex? Well, I, I wanted to pivot the question back towards Cam before I give him the answers to the test in a sense. It's like, <laughs> oh, you, you know, like, as, you know, as a, as a pastor, it's, it's a different world, right? Like musicians definitely have like worship pastors, whatever category they're in. There, there is a role that comes in with that, but as a pastor's category, there's just it's just different, right? It's this like same we're serving the same God, but there's different uh, roles and categories that we have to fill as pastors. Yeah. So, I guess how do you envision it for you and your family and your children going forward? Mm-hmm. Um, because, like, I, I have ideals, but I, I feel like you can provide something for me. Before I tell you what I what I'm thinking, right? Yeah, no, it's a it's a really good question. I definitely feel like um, it, it's so hard to to answer answer a place that you're not in yet, you know. Um, but I guess for me, what I imagine, and I guess my my intended goal for the when that season of life comes, it, it takes me back to this idea. I once got into like this this Facebook argument. Um, First mistake. Someone really, for for all the, someone really broken, very angry. You know, don't really know much about scripture. You know, they're like, there's basically just straight up. They're like, women can't be pastors, Mm -hmm. and um, it it bothered me because now, and even the content that we're gonna talk about later, like you know, so I one for one did not grow up with a dad, never had a father figure in my life, so. The Bible tells us that the the home is the first ministry. It is the first church. So if women can't be pastors, then that means that every home where there is not a father, it is a 
pastorless church. Mm-hmm. But good. the person who first told me about Jesus and taught me how to read the Bible was my mother. So my mother was my first pastor. So I, I politely was like, I, I think I have to disagree. My mother was my first pastor. To answer your question, all that to say, I feel like um, everything I do for the church, and I, by the church, I mean where I'm employed, but also like my community, because we are the church. Yeah. Everything I do for the church is now going to be shifted for my my most primary important church, which is my family. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to inviting my children anything i do for church my my son or you know my daughter or whatever they should say oh yeah because because dad does this at home mm-hmm. like i don't want to teach them anything new within some random four walls because that's what church like they should it should be so built into them that father is this is our church this is our home we worship god we love i should be pastoring them way before I pastor other people, you know? Um, And that's That's one of the things that I feel like I'm combating now. I'm learning how to do that now. Like my wife should not get the sloppy seconds of me while I'm out here, you know, helping out all these young adults. My wife should, anything I say to any person on a stage or any Devo I do, my wife should have heard it 30 times before. I should have rehearsed it, practiced it, you know, ran over it. It should be late news to my wife, you know? And that's one of the things I'm learning. I'm like, I, I feel like I've had to check myself to be like, no, 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 I need to lead here first. So to answer your question, I think my incorporating my kids, this is what I think, you know? And, and still, granted, this is from uh, a very, I wouldn't say broken perspective, a very limited perspective. Like I don't have kids yet. So I really, really don't know. Like people say stuff like this. Oh, I'm tired. You know, if I say, oh, I'm tired to you guys, it's like, (laughs) I don't know what tired is when there's a mini me running around the house who looks like you (laughs) consuming all the time. So with that limited perspective, I think I need if if there is a place where my kid can't be in my ministry, I don't think I should be in that ministry. And that's like the, the line that I think. I imagine myself drawing like, look, if my kid, if I don't, if I can't bring my kid here, if I can't do this with my kid, then I shouldn't be doing it, you know? Um, and that goes for preaching. That goes for almost to like, you know, traveling. Like we, we had a guy who traveled to our church this past week and he said, he's like, I don't bring, I don't bring my kid to churches. I don't trust. And he's like, and I don't preach at churches that I can't bring my kid to. And I was like, wow, you know, that's huge. You know, he's a traveling preacher because why, what his church is, his first church is his family. So um, I just want my guy to be able to go into any experience. And obviously like not every, like, you know, us as pastors, we're, we're, we're counseling. We're having, we're walking people through divorce. We're walking through people through really hard situations. I'm not trying to bring my kid into that, but all I'm saying is, is that there has to be a place for my kid yeah. and if there isn't a place for my kid then a we as the church have failed and b that's gonna imprint on my kid that hey you're not good enough to be here so i just want a place i just want to operate in a way that i can bring my little one with me yeah. wherever i go you know um and that's something like i feel like i want to learn now before i have kids like i don't want to try to learn that while the kid is here you know what i'm saying like yeah. i and I think that's, I'm so thankful that I have a wife. So my wife is a therapist, so she doesn't work at church with me. So I'm so thankful that our jobs are so different because it 
it forces me to make room. Yeah. <laughs> it really forces me to make room. And you know how we get, like, oh, we yeah. can get so into our work oh, yeah. where it's like, if someone doesn't bring you out, a week will go by. And you're just like, I've been here for a week, yeah. you know? Um, so I'm so grateful that she has a job that demands me to step away. Yeah. It also reminds me that uh, I'm, I'm a minister, not because like God doesn't need me. He's not like, no. I yeah. need you, Cam. Like my, my wife's like, Cam, it's going to get done whether you build it or not. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, the ark would have been built whether Noah would have was obedient or not. Someone yeah. else probably better at woodworking <laughs> would have built it. <laughs> so, and it's like one of those things like, you're right. You're right. Yeah. So I don't know. That's, that's my thought on it. Um, wrap us up on that. What do you, what do you feel like would be, just remember, how do we do it? If you need a boat, I know a guy. <laughs> that's the dad do for the night. There you go. I snuck it in. Can I interject one thing before Alex, before you wrap that up? Yeah. For me, what listening to what you said is is huge as men or as fathers who are involved in the church. You don't ever want to mm-hmm. make your home life different than your church life. Like you mm-hmm. don't want to that's church dad, this is dad dad. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, that's what I was listening to everything you were saying, that's what like distilled out to me and what I've been trying to do as well. And I love that you're thinking about it before you're even a dad because I didn't mm-hmm. is the, that's real. Is the, uh, the true authenticity of who you are, that the, the, mm-hmm. the you on stage is the you at home and mm-hmm. your children will see that because they are with you at church. They are with you at home. And if there's yeah. a dichotomy between the two of you, then they, in my mind, they would go into the church thinking, this is my church me, and then there's the world me. Mm. And because they will yep. model what they see in you. Yep. So I I, so I just I freaking love that you brought that up because that yeah. is it, to have that that cognitive thought now in the period or the point you are in life mm. is such a good perspective to have already established and seen. Mm. Because it it was it wasn't that I was two faced. It was more the the deliberate intentionality of mm-hmm. being genuine in both areas. That you yeah. is you, or you are you, regardless of where mm-hmm. you're at. Regardless of where you're at. No, that's such so good, man. Yeah, and I think you know from a perspective of a pastor, right? Um, I think you're spot on, Cam. With with the thought of it's it's not just me, it's us. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's ministry is us, not just me. And so for my, so I have a son who's seven, going to turn eight in July. I have a son who's four, I'm going to, or son who's three, going to turn four in, in a couple of weeks here in the first part of December. And then I have a daughter on. Mm-hmm. And so congratulations, bro. Thank you. That's sick, Dude, bro. We we are in it, and we're done. Your boys meeting doctors. Mm-hmm. Nip here, early part of first or second <laughs> quarter. We're getting these boys back. We're done. Dang. Um, um, <laughs> that's so real. Hey, have you read this book called like Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John? Miracles happen. There are healings. If if God wants you to have a fourth kid, you're gonna have a fourth kid. I'm not interested in being. Hey, come on, somebody. Come I will, on. I will become a eunuch before four. Okay, <laughs> you did not just say that. <laughs> 
But, you know, to circle it back to all seriousness, so with, with my sons, um, I've really taken that us category import, like as, as a focus for me where, so like with my sermon prep, my oldest, I bring in and he'll sit in the office in here with me while I'm working on my sermons and whatnot. And I'll just ask him questions, right? So he's unique in that when, since he was a baby, we played um, before he went to bed, a YouTube series called Superbook, right? So it's basically like books of the Bible illustrated through cartoon. And we just in his, you know, in his crib, in his bedroom, next to his bed every single night since he was a baby. And so he has mm-hmm. such a uh, biblical retention. Like he doesn't necessarily know the verse or whatever, but he knows the story, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. He's listened to the Bible probably eight, nine times over now. That's crazy. And so I'll bring him in here when I'm working on my sermon and I'll just, again, I can't bring like the complex ideas that we're bringing to young adults, but right. I can bring the basics and just talk about it with them. And just say, hey, you know, Lincoln, this is what dad's thinking about for the young adults on Friday. What do you think? Mm-hmm. And, and just the, the big thing, and I've learned this through a couple of different podcasts that I've tried to apply to my context is I'm just going to talk to my seven-year-old son uh, like he's an adult. Like I'm going to yep. do that. And I'm going to talk to him about biblical principle that's relatable to him because mm-hmm. the big thing for him is I need God to become God to him. It can't be yes. God. It can't be mom's God. Yep. It's got to be yeah. God, right? And so, so good, dude. Like he, he was honestly. We were, we were in this office, so my wife was putting up Christmas decorations way too early, and that's an entirely different podcast. Um, so much PTSD from me and Christmas decorations from my childhood. But um, so my wife was putting up wreaths, and I'm just giving my wife a hard time about putting them up too early because it's doggone two weeks till Thanksgiving. It's and not even Thanksgiving mm-hmm. yet. We still not even Thanksgiving. No, Thanksgiving is My next Christmas week. Decorations are up already. Thanksgiving is next week, Alex. Okay, whatever. We can have. Um. So, so I I'm giving my wife a hard time in Lincoln. My oldest goes, Dad. Christmas is a celebration of the birth of Jesus. It is to be celebrated by everyone as early as possible. That's, how that's small did How small did you feel? Not at all. <laughs> I, I doubled down on him. I said, Lincoln, Christmas isn't to be celebrated until after Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> but we don't know what we don't know what month, what month and day. <laughs> and then, and then I, I, tripled, I tripled down and I was like, Jesus wasn't born in December, son. We'll talk about it later. Uh, <laughs> we'll talk oh about it later. <laughs> Given the history of calendar. Right, right. But all that to like, say, yeah, so this yeah. I was I was just gonna say, like, all that to say, like, I'm I'm really trying, like as a pastor, to your point, Kim, like to really incorporate my kids into my ministry so it's really our ministry it's not my ministry it's not church dad versus work dad it's we're Mm -hmm. doing this together and you have a part Mm -hmm. in this like your role Mm -hmm. is is a part of what we're doing here to further the kingdom of Mm -hmm. christ and so his role is going to change you know someday he'll be a greeter right and someday Mm -hmm. all these different roles will fall upon him but today he's just dad's confidant right where it's like Mm -hmm. we can just talk about what i'm preparing and what God has shown me. And, and I think he has, and kids in general, have such a unique perspective on God. 
Yeah, yeah, where it's like sure. to your to your point, Garrett, where it's like, um, the Holy Spirit doesn't care about age, gender, whatever it is, like mm-hmm. present regardless. And yep. yeah, I've learned so much from my sons in the last eight, nine years of like just the true character of God through the voice, mm-hmm. through their voice and through the the expression mm-hmm. of their lives, where it's like who am I to say that they can't have a voice in what God is trying to say to a group of people? Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's been my whole approach. And all that's real. Just like, I'm, I'm going to utilize cause, cause my job is deliver what God is saying, right. To the best of my yeah. ability to deliver what he yeah. has to say right now. So who am I to say whose voice gets to say that I'm the one who delivers it, but my sons or whomever's children, can be the ones that deliver that, that bring the message, the analogy, whatever it may be to the table for me to present. Yeah. Mm. Or even more so how you can start to glimpse the father God perspective of the Bible. When you are a father, like I talked about that on Sunday where it's like being a father is the only position in your life where you honestly 100% desire for your kids to be better than you ever were, to be more successful Mm -hmm. than you ever were. And if Mm -hmm. we in our earthly forms think that about our own children, how much more does our heavenly father dream that for us? Like how he says it exactly. How much further does he want us to succeed? How much greater does He, he want us to be? Right. He literally gets out the way. He's like, Hey, before you do anything, wait for this gift called the Holy Spirit. Exactly. And he literally says, so that you can do, and a lot of people take this, that scripture, that story out of context, so you can do greater things than me. He's talking about spreading the gospel in a way that, that 2,000 years ago, Jewish Jesus, son of the carpenter, cut it. And I don't mean that to limit God because God cannot be limited. But I do mm-hmm. say that to say this, that the gospel is supposed to go past like every person. It's supposed to be able to reach any person, any age. So like when you talk about like that, that desire of being like, man, I want this person to do way better things than me. I'm like, bro, that's God. Well, I that's see God's that desire, at the you know? end of the, the gospels where it talks about mm-hmm. he did these and so many more things that were not recorded. Yep. You know, <laughs> and you read that yep. verse and you're like, we see all Lazarus raised from the dead, feeding of the 5,000, <laughs> this woman healed, this person br- brought back to life, and mm-hmm. so many more things than could be recorded in this book, as I think is pretty close to what the verse says. Mm-hmm. And you yeah. read that and you're like, that's what our Heavenly Father wants for us. Mm-hmm. But, and yeah. I, I mean, you, I've always read it and believed it, but I see it as a kid or as a father mm-hmm. of kids where I'm like, yeah, I'm successful at 31. Like I make good money. Mm-hmm. I provide for my family. I've got these opportunities, mm-hmm. but how much more, how much more successful do I want my kids to be at my age? Like at the yeah. age I am now, mm-hmm. how much greater do I want their opportunities to be? How much more equipped mm-hmm. to reach the world do I want them to be? Mm-hmm. How many struggles yeah. do I want? How many fewer struggles do I want them to have gone through? You know, yeah. like, and it goes back to like what you guys were talking about earlier about your faith and where you've seen it. 
like most of it, it seems like most of you guys were better or you had a stronger foundational faith than I did because I grew up with parents who always went to church. My faith was based on my parents because that's what mm-hmm. we did on Sundays. That's what we did on Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. And then I had to go out on my own, drift away, live my own perfect worldly life without any restrictions, and then realize yeah. mm-hmm. There is no joy. There's no satisfaction. There's no peace in any of this. And then I, I still remember it to this day, the moment where I was just like, well, what the heck changed? <laughs> and then wow. I was like, well, maybe, you know, that stuff that I did with my parents mm. was the secret. Mm. But yeah. Alex, if you hey, had this up. burrito, time out. Time if out. you had this burrito, time you'd out. be crying. Where did that other burrito come from? I have an incredible wife who's a chef. Yeah. So I wasn't gonna say nothing about the first one. <laughs> I, I was gonna let it slide. I was like, you eat a, a nice juicy burrito on the podcast. For those of you who don't know, my boy just got Crushed. the fattest, juiciest burrito known Crushed. to mankind. Crushed the first one on on pounded, pounded bro. Muted, Straight inhaled. Muted Mike all day. Wifey came back, gave him a second one. So my wife used serrano peppers in this, and it is the closest to like Mexican restaurant, like that smoky heat mm. that I've ever had. He who finds a wife. Oh, my wife is far too good for me. I am well aware. <laughs> well, who finds a wife? It's uh, it's getting kind of late. I know Cam had a, I know Cam had a question for us. Oh shoot. Um. Before we before we wrap up, so Cam, why don't you take it away? Oh man, okay. So we're not so, talking about burritos anymore. A- okay, cool, cool. No, <laughs> nah. Um, that was my transition. <laughs> wow, that's huge. Okay, I'm gonna set us up for this question. Just rock with me, real fast, because I need to explain it before I give it to you. It's not a straightforward question. So, um, I have a deep appreciation for Japanese culture. Um, I grew up watching a lot of anime, reading a lot of manga. Um, I love, I love it so much. And I recently was watching this show on Netflix and it had me thinking, um, had me thinking about this idea. So like, so for a pastor, a pastor's job is to serve. A father's job is to be the pastor of his family. Um, if you look at Japanese culture, the word samurai means servant, to serve. So I've always, in my faith walk, like put these two together because I have a deep appreciation for samurais, Japanese culture, like I said. Um, so it's always been parallel to me, the way of honor, the way of laying your life down, yada, yada, yada. Now, the weapon of the samurai is a sword. So this is where this question comes in together. I was watching this show, right? And in the show, they're like, there's this samurai. This not, he's not a samurai. There's a, um, a sword welder with this future samurai. And he's teaching this samurai how to basically make a katana, right? He's beating the metal. There's this whole process that goes together. And then they start talking about these, this idea of impurities. So like if an impurity enters into the blade while it's being created, it will actually create a weakness in the metal so if that weakness is hit at the right angle at the right time it could actually like break and shatter the entire katana no matter how sharp it is i started to think about it It literally as i was watching it it made me jolt 
because I started to realize that there is a fear that I have. Maybe you guys might have your own fears as fathers, but when you are thinking about the legacy of your family, there is so often where there, there can be these impurities that are handed down generation from generation that you're trying to protect from entering into your family, into your children's life. Um, I wanted to talk about what are those impurities for you? How do you battle against those impurities? And and kind of like what is it? So I'll kick it off. Like for me, not being a, fa- a father, one of the impurities for me is just b- is showing up. So I never had a dad who showed up in my life. You know, I'm talking, I'm the kid like who's, you know, really good at football, no one in the stands, that type of vibe, you know? So there's this impurity that I've noticed that is a basically a weakness in my sword. And now it's turned into a fear of trying, of that I fear for my children, my future children. Like, man, like I want to make sure I'm there for when it counts. That's just an example for me. As you guys being fathers, what are some of the impurities that you feel like you like, man, I really don't want this to be a seed of darkness that enters into my children's life. This is something that I don't want to be a part of that. So well, Alex and I have had this talk multiple times. Um, that's in real. The, the, at least the, the culture or the team in which we find ourselves, because we attend the same church. Mm-hmm. what the term that you're talking about impurities that are getting worked into that for us, we've talked about generational curses. Mm. What is getting passed down through your family? So Cam, you don't know me, but um, like I was conceived through my mom getting raped and then she mm. put me up for adoption. So I have a mom and a dad who adopted me but then I have my birth mm-hmm. mom, who I have a good, great relationship with. But because mm-hmm. of the um, the uh, situation of my conception, she didn't want a kid. She wanted a kid, mm. but she was not in a point in her life. She was like nineteen. Um, yeah, or yeah, nineteen or something like that. So we talk about generational curses, but like Alex and I have talked about this where he's mm-hmm. dealt with stuff that comes through his family. But for me personally is the um, one that, I mean, this is going to get real deep and real, but like almost that, that sexual immorality in the, the home. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because yeah. I mean, obviously the person who conceived me, who I commonly refer to as just the sperm donor, um, mm-hmm. obviously dealt with sexual impurity to get to that oh, point. For sure. And for sure. I struggled with porn for a very long time and literally all the accout- uh, the accoutrements of that um, in yeah. life. And it's that pers- that moment of realization that I don't want my sons to struggle with this because I, I don't know if it'll it'll be like in my daughters, but I know yeah. I look at my sons and I'm like, I know what I was when I was hitting puberty and all of a sudden those, those hormones start kicking in, you know? Mm. And, um, the almost like the thing that comes to me is like the, the buck stops here. I am the end of this line. I have struggled with this. My sons will not. And wow. But there, I don't know if Alex will disagree with me on this, but it's the, there is nothing I can do personally to stop that from passing on to my sons. 
However, Mm. I can go before God and put this before him and be like, I do not want this in my sons. I don't want it in me. I don't want that in them. I want this to end here. You know? Yeah, that's powerful. So it's more in the realm of like your impurities question. It's the it's the realization, the humility to realize that these are my struggles or my prejudices mm-hmm. or my um, preconceived notions. Yeah, and I am done with them. Like, sure, okay, I'll ad- or I'll accept that I will be fighting with these potentially in the future because that is where it is the thorn in my flesh, as Paul would say it. This is mm-hmm. what I will struggle with. But my sons, as to my my children, my uh, descendants, they will not like. And putting mm-hmm. that before God is huge. Mm-hmm. And and that's like because as a dad, I don't think personally, or I know for a fact, I can't stop my my son's struggles. That mm-hmm. is up to God to adjust mm-hmm. the the spirit man in my sons mm-hmm. or my and my daughters. Um, so that's where I come from is the, I know I struggled with it. I struggle with it daily. Um, but the, it stops here. It will not continue. Mm, There there is no, this sin, this, uh, temptation, this predisposition has Mm. no place in my family. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's how I see it. Um, and what I've prayed over my my family, honestly, is the it ends here. What my wife has dealt with ends with her. Mm-hmm. What I have dealt with has ends with me. Mm-hmm. Let my stuff die with me. One hundred percent. That's that's yeah. how I see it. And there is no mm-hmm. way that you can dress that personally as just a father, as a spiritual leader of your family right. or as a son of God. Your position Mm -hmm. is to go up on the mountain and offer your son to God. Yeah. This is where where it ends. You guys ever like catch yourself like praying these prayers? Like when I have like a really bad couple of days where I feel like I've sinned, I've messed up, I just not lived up to the the title pastor or leader. Mm -hmm. You guys ever catch yourself praying these prayers like God, please do not let my my lack of cost the my people this. Like if I'm going up and I'm about to pray and I'm like, you know, like like for you know for for real talk. Like so like let's say like me and my wife like we we get into it like we're having an argument we're having a tough spot, and then I have to go into an a, a, a environment where I need to meet Pastor Cameron. You know I gotta be all put together and I'm like God, please don't let my lack of cost these people. Don't mm. let me be a you know, hindrance th- to the people. Yeah, because and then yeah. we've gone full circle to that dichotomy. You don't want to be the the home you to be different than the, the church you. Like, yep. and I feel like in today's church, both for good or for bad, mm. the church is far more accepting. Like, if you go to the far spectrum, you get the churches that allow you to sit, live in sin. And there are the churches that condemn you for your sin and do oh, yeah. nothing to build you up and work you through that. And then you've got the churches that, in my mind, are more Christ-like. And I know that sounds really bad, I, and I, I can't think no, of a better no, way to put, put it. Yeah. 
but the each and every one of us is a sinner and each and every one of us from the greatest pastor to the worst person who claims Christ is a sinner and mm-hmm. for me it is the the I know I have sinned I refuse to live in sin mm-hmm. and I feel like churches like I, I love our church um, in terms of that because you get that you are held accountable for your actions, but we want yep. every moment that you live because we are all sinful in regardless of, because I always talk about like the different generations, like my parents' generations, mm. there are degrees of sin, but now we've reached our age where we're like, we've realized that sin is sin is sin is sin. It doesn't mm. matter if you've murdered somebody, if no, it doesn't matter if you've had, impure thoughts. It doesn't matter to God Mm -hmm. if you were cross or you murdered somebody in your heart, you know? Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, sin is sin is sin, and it all is what separates us from God. And the move... Same distance, too. Exactly. There are no degrees of sin to God, in my opinion. All of it is what separates us from Him. Alex, what are your thoughts on that? So, the, you know... Reeling it all the way back to the impurities in the sword, right? So there's there's the generational curses, right? So like with my with my family addiction is very, very, very heavy, right? So um, mm. you know, all across the board. It doesn't matter what the addiction can be, it can be gambling, it can be alcohol, it can be drugs, it can be sex. Like that addiction gene is super prevalent in my household from my my dad. So my mom and dad. Uh, had my older sister out of wedlock. They had me shortly thereafter. My mom had all four kids before she was 25. And that was prevalent across the board. My uncle went to rehab for gambling addiction. My my grandpa is a recovering alcoholic from rehab. You know, it, it's very prevalent in the addiction space. But I look at, <clears throat> you know, like, what can I prevent or present to my children? And... And that's that warrior code, right? That, that Bushido, that lifestyle driven from Japanese culture, which, which I am very fond of as well, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, hey, if, if I can be the present person, right? The like fully invested in violence, but also for, fully invest, invested in compassion, fully invested in um, arts and strength and all of these pieces. I can create an environment where my sons can flourish and become warriors. Mm -hmm. But with that, the, I guess when you were kind of posing your question for me, the, the impurities didn't necessarily show themselves generationally. When, Mm -hmm. when you were posing your question for me, the impurities that kind of showed up in the sword as in me presenting that sword to my children were the momentary impurities. Right where it's like the impatience, the yeah. frustration, the anger, the all of the things that manifest themselves ultimately from my childhood. Right where it's like all of these yeah. things, these these kind of like built into me angst, I guess, for lack of a better term, manifest themselves in my sons. Where it's like when when my son beat, so I have a my seven year old, and then I have a four year old or almost four year old who had open heart surgery, mm-hmm. almost died when he was six months old, 
we, we went through the craziest time of my entire life and my wife's entire life and his entire life in, in the first year of his life. And so like when, when my seven-year-old waxed my, you know, four-year-old in the face with a pipe or something like that, which happened, like he hit him in the head with a metal pipe. Um, yeah, we're wilding. My kids don't wear clothes, <laughs> pipes. It happens. <laughs> but so like that angst in me to like protect my youngest from my oldest, like the Lord really checked me in that moment. Um, like, yeah. like legitimately the situation was I was at work. My wife called me and she says, Hey, Lincoln hit your eye in the head with no pipe. We have to take emergency care. I'm like, I, I got so enraged in like defense of my four-year-old from my seven-year-old. And mm. he was, Lincoln was five. Uriah was two. Um, and so I'm like, and, and on my way to the urgent care, the Lord checked my spirit and he said, why are you mad at a five-year-old? <laughs> For being a five-year-old. And, <laughs> and then the Lord took me back through the steps. He's like, you are the one who left the metal pipe in the backyard. Cause we were working on selling our house at the time. He's like, you are the one who placed all of the tools. You are the one who created the environment for this to happen. Also, you, you are the one who did not, this is the one that got me. You are the one who did not create discipline with a weapon with your son. That's crazy. Yeah. So, so I look at all of that and I say like, although the generational impurities in our sword are present and they will be present in all of us swords. And I do disagree with you, TJ, in that, like it is at the behest of the sword holder in that day to, to like remove those impurities from that sword. Right. Cause if we're talking like generationally with swords, right. It goes grandfather to, to son or to father, to son, to grandson, all the way through, like traditionally with swords, they pass their way through a family, right. Same way with curses, and all of those things. Um, but I, I, I personally think, and I've experienced this where it's like there, there is a level of opportunistic conquest, meaning like addiction in my household, right? My mom mm. deal, deals with addiction. My grandpa, my dad, my uncles, my aunts, every, everybody on my mom and dad's side of the family deals so heavily with addiction. And that's something that I personally have conquered right where yeah. it's like i have, well, I have full control of those items no i i might have explained it poorly but i agree with you 100 because i the sword if we're using this analogy the sword is passed down and the flaw is in the sword but the next person to receive the sword can reforge it and remove those impurities yeah. Right. So you've got yeah. to make that choice to go through the fire, to get reforged, yep. to remove those impurities so that the sword you hand out to your sons does not have mm -hmm. that impurity. Mm -hmm. And as life changes, the sword's shape will have to change. It will have to be reforged. Like, so me right now, my sword, this next season of life, I'm going to go from katana to kitchen blade. And this is why. Because my wife need, is going to need more help in the kitchen than ever when I have a kid. <laughs> you know, it, it will have to be fortunate. Alex, you said something that was super, like, crazy. You talked about how the, the impurities, like, when it's revealed, and this is something that's scary about it, is that, like, so, like, in those days, 
some people didn't know they had an impurity in their sword. And when they found out, it cost them their life because only until the sword is clashed or banged or collided, like you're like, life hits and you're angry. Life hits, you're upset. Do you realize like, oh, I have yeah. a judgment problem. Oh, I have a a, a patience problem, <laughs> an problem. You said something that's super profound. I feel like... It is so fitting that God allows bumps along the road mm-hmm. so that the sword's weaknesses can be displayed, revealed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, displayed. Exactly. Yeah, because yeah. you'll go through thinking, look at this freaking badass sword I have. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Yeah. And then yeah. all of a sudden, you, <laughs> the money. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> the rubber meets the road. And oh my gosh, in the moment of my greatest need, it snapped. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think mm-hmm. I think that's so fitting with scripture talking about like impurities being revealed, right? And Proverbs mm-hmm. it talks about like the the forging process of like impurities rising to the surface, right? Mm-hmm. Where where it's like and, and I that's been like a core scripture for me over the years is like every environment and situation in my life is going to bring the impurities that are present in my life to the surface, right? It may be with my kids, which are great environments. That is a hot, hot, hot forge with children, Mm. right? It is super hyper hot. So whatever alloy is present in your life, whatever has made you up until that moment is full on tested in every environment. Mm-hmm. Your your lack of sleep, your lack of nutrition, all of these things mm-hmm. are present there. And so every aspect of you, your your patience is pushed to the absolute limit it can be. Your mm-hmm. is pushed to the absolute like limit it can be. Your le- and then on top of that, the level of your love is mm-hmm. pushed to the absolute limits you thought it could be, and then some. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So this present, um, like impurities, right, is brought to the mm-hmm. and and if if you've gone through or watched any process of forging, right, when when gold and and precious metals are brought through the ore process, the impurities rise rise to the surface and they scrape them off, right. Yep. Mm-hmm. We we have the opportunity as believers and and really as fathers as men, whatever it may be to truly scrape the surface. Like we gain that opportunity, right? Because it's almost like our forge, our sword is always molten until we yep. die. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I think you what you guys have right now, which is I'm I'm so honored to be a person in on this podcast because I don't have a kid yet. So I, I don't I take it I'm I take it very seriously. Like I appreciate the invitation and letting me be here. What you guys have is a, this is what, what it talks about when iron strikes iron relationship. Like this is a iron building relationship. And I think it along the line of this grand metaphor that we've been talking about for the past however long, when the iron sh- is striking, the Bible tells us that's how we become sharper. But it also, that's when we break. Yep. And that's when imperfections are revealed. Like, like you say something, Alex, like, and it checks me that tells me, Cameron, you have an impurity when it comes to this scripture or you have an impurity in your sort when it comes to blah, 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 blah. You know, so th- thank God that there is a community that thank God that you guys are sharing your relationship to the world in the form of a podcast for 
future fathers and fathers that are to be able to dissect and learn from because what this is this level of accountability which is sucks it is rare yeah yeah, 100%. It's so rare. No one wants to be checked anymore. Yeah. You can't tell me anything. <clears throat> and if, if you say something to me and I don't agree with that or I don't like with it, I counsel you. And I'll just find a community that echoes what I already yep. believe. Yep. And that's why there's so many, If I'm just going to say it, there's so many weak fathers. Yeah. Because no, no one's being checked. No one's being conditioned. No one's being forged. No one's being Nobody's charged. being challenged. Uh, challenged, yeah. yeah. You're not, yeah. And I... I'm so thankful that you guys like I love like how even in this conversation, you're giving each other permission to disagree Yeah. because what you agree on your your friendship, your relationship, your your ability to learn from each other doesn't depend on if you agree with each other. <laughs> that is so rare and it can only exist in the forging and the clashing environment of what it means to be a, a father and a man i just picking up off a few things that you guys have been saying i'm honestly blown away and surprised by the the quality of the content and discussions that you guys take place man garrett thank you so much for for having me man this is of sick. course man of course i'm glad that you're able to make it bro mm. listen listen this is this has been fun cam I, I will happily jump on discord and chat with you for hours about <laughs> life That's love. about whatever right or or listen mm-hmm. I'm trapped on this podcast, and you can cut this out, Garrett, if you want. I'm trapped on this podcast <laughs> with five musicians, okay? <laughs> <laughs> it's just you, bro. It's But on on the straight up cam, like, uh, get my number from Garrett, and uh, I'd, love I'd love to chat with your brother. Will do, man. Thank you, guys. Um, I think the last time I talked to you guys, I was... I sucked at Warzone. I was horrible. Alex um, sucks at Warzone too, so we're we're all yeah. gonna, won't, won't cost you as much. Um, y'all can y'all can hop in my backpack. Okay. <laughs> Garrett, <laughs> Garrett, thank you guys so much, daily. man. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's getting late, and Cam needs to go home. My wife is downstairs right now, as we speak, and so I need to go to bed, to bed because who knows when the lead's mm-hmm. gonna wake up? So yeah. Uh, Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Somehow I Dad. Uh, you can find it where you, I guess you, you, you know where to find it if you're listening this far. So uh, thanks so much for listening. We will, we love you. Take care. Brush your hair. You know what I say? TJ is going to yell at me if I don't. The goal is not perfection. The goal is progress over perfection. Love you. Take care. Brush your hair. Bye. Bye. I don't have hair. Just call 1-800